0: The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: And Welcome to America's Web Radio, and it's time to get your paper and your pencil ready and at hand because it's time for Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm with our host, Lieutenant Colonel Retired Philip Forsberg. And I can, you know, I know I can promise you and I can almost guarantee you that Phil will say something that you didn't know. And uh, you'll want to write it down so you'll remember it. And uh, Phil is an outstanding historian. And before we get started, though, we always do something a little unique on our shows that um, we do as far as uh, veterans are concerned and are as far as uh, any of our first responders are concerned. So we'll start out with we do a moment of silent prayer and uh, we'll be back in just about one minute. Thank you, and um, amen, and we appreciate you joining in with us on that. We do one other thing that's a little unique on our military-type shows that are for veterans and for all of you folks, but uh, we like to make sure that your heart's beating. So here's what we do.
0: Down. Down. Left.
1: Okay, we're we're going. Our hearts are beating, and we have played our Jody for the day. And uh, anybody that's been on active duty knows exactly what a Jody is and how it makes you feel. You. I don't think, and I can't promise this, but I don't think that around the world whenever the sergeant, first sergeant, platoon sergeant, or uh, lieutenant happens to break out in a jody, that a smile doesn't come on everybody's face. And they're glad to hear it, and they're glad to go along with that cadence. So... With that being said, we're going to get going on Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm. You got your pencil and your paper ready, and we'll ask the major question. Lieutenant Colonel Farsberg, are you ready? I'm ready, sir. Okay. Well, we must be good to go. So, with that being said, I officially kick off Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And, um, there's a lot going on over there again. And I, I can't figure out the Israelis. And, uh, I guess they're waiting for, they know what they're doing and they're waiting their own good time to invade Gaza. And I, that's all I can figure. Is, is that your assumption as well, sir? Uh,
0: time uh, there will be no more attacks uh, surprise attacks from either the uh, Golan Heights or from uh, Gaza uh, so uh, if there's not going to be anything of the scale that we saw on the 7th of October uh, for the foreseeable future but so really time is on their side Uh they're gathering intelligence, uh, they're, they, they i am sure they have their operatives in there, um, and, uh, they will know, uh, right where to go and what to do. It's, uh, but you know, it's, it's right now it's their fight and we need to let them do what they do in, uh, in a deliberate fashion. We certainly don't want <clears throat> the leadership we have directing what they do because they've proven themselves to be uh, enemies of the State of Israel and and frankly of the American people.
1: And frankly of the American people. Uh, Let me ask you, and this is uh, well it 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 does have something that uh, I can't believe some of our Congress people and what they have said, and, uh, I know as far as I'm concerned, to leave in a few of the other ladies, and I use that term very loosely, that are in, uh, the House of Representatives, I feel like for their statements, they should not only be kicked out of the House, but I would go for kicking them out of the country as well. And I, I find it appalling some of what they've said and would hope that our somebody in the House will stand up and broach the subject of asking them to resign. Do you have a thought on that, uh, Phil?
0: Well, I would suppose their constituents regularly suggest that.
1: Well, it would be nice uh, if they would.
0: If you were, if you were manning the phones at Rashida Tlaib's office, you would probably receive many phone calls um, suggesting that she uh, resign from office and leave the country. <clears throat> you see. This is what happens when you have the kind of nonsense uh, that characterizes our commander-in-chief on down through the uh, anti-American leadership that he's put in both uh, the Department of Defense and the, and the State Department. And uh, it's it's just, you know, Jack Lew, the former Treasury Secretary who was a huge uh, Iran advocate, Uh, should have been registered as a foreign agent for for Iran now uh, the Biden administration is suggesting that uh, he should be the ambassador U.S. ambassador to Israel of all insulting things Mm.
1: incredible how how do they come up with some of these uh, brainless ideas you know when you running around telling people in official
0: Department of Defense documents that the greatest threat the United States faces is from global warming or I'm sorry climate change they can't call it global warming anymore because they, they can't really put two data points together that they can extend out into a bajillion years and say that we're all going to burn up so they had to change to climate change. So climate change and white supremacy is the, the greatest threat to the United States. And that's from official DOD documents.
1: Absurd. I, uh... You know, I will fault the executive office and then the administration in general. But the people that I really have problems with are the ones that voted for them. Can't imagine someone voting for these people. Uh, leave, I can't imagine anybody voting for her, or AOC, or if they have a lick of sanity at all. And I just... We, you and I have talked about this uh, on the air and off the air as well. Uh, you know, that to leave she opens her mouth and she puts her foot on my flag. And I would physically like to remove her foot and put it back in her mouth where it belongs so she can't say anything. But we have a a real problem in the United States that we've, you know, I'm old enough to remember that they would have been shut down 20, 25, 50 years ago, and freedom of speech, the First Amendment has been taken far beyond what it means. And freedom of speech in a country doesn't mean bashing your own country. It means that you're very lucky to live here and you can say basically what you want without being put in jail. But you don't side with the enemy. In fact, when I was growing up, you side with the enemy and that's treason. And they have a way of dealing with treason and it should be enforced, in my opinion.
0: Well, here's the here's the reality on treason. Um, there's precedent in the courts, it's, it's not stated in the law, but there's precedent in the courts that the, that the courts will uphold that you cannot have treason outside of a declared war. So um, that's why certain individuals in history have done. The very anti-American things during times of conflict have not faced the consequences of their words or actions um, because it was judged to be not prosecutable. It's not—it's not that it wasn't treason. It's just that um, they couldn't get a conviction outside of wartime. But you know, you talked—you talk about free speech, um, David. The—I want you to understand. <clears throat> there are people in the United States who are not free to speak their mind, okay, by law. They are forbidden for making contemptuous speech toward officials, okay? And it's ar- Punitive Article 89 of the Uniform Code of Military Justice, and that refers to your active duty troops. They are forbidden for making contemptuous speech toward officials. And there's a laundry list of who they are, but chiefly the President of the United States. And uh, and it even says in the article, in the uh, elements of the article, it doesn't matter the veracity of the statement. Okay, they're just not allowed to make contemptuous speech toward officials. So even if it's true, they can't say it. And it's punishable under uh, court martial, so you have people who are in a position in your department of defense wearing the uniform who are absolutely forbidden from uh, exercising their free speech to that extent
1: and this is under the uniform code of justice correct military justice that's correct
0: David, Uniform you know, coded Military Justice.
1: You know, it's sort of like your, our mutual friend uh, Lieutenant Colonel Retired Don Moeller pointed out we should have as he pointed out you know, you do something wrong in the military and you go to get out of the military and you can get Very easy. Well, it's not that easy, but, uh, and most, and most people that serve don't get a dishonorable discharge. They get an honorable discharge. But the military does say, you know, if you've screwed up while you've been on active duty, we can punish you for that. And this punishment is so severe that it lasts your lifetime. And that's a dishonorable discharge. You go to get a job and Uh, one of the questions may be, have you ever been dishonorably discharged? And it goes with you. It's in your 201 file. It's in your DD-214. It's, you know, it's there to haunt you the rest of your life. And it's too bad that in civilian life, we don't have something similar to that. I would certainly give one to AOC and... To leave, and a number of other people in government and they should get a dishonorable discharge that goes with them the rest of their life and it's too bad we don't have something like that but that's not the way our founding fathers designed our system to work so we live under a it's as close to perfect as you can get but it's not perfect and uh, the military added its twist to it when they came along, and uh, they added some very good twists and very good changes and policies. And uh, you know, I agree and, and like what you were saying about uh, if you're on active duty, there you have freedom of speech but not like you do when you're a civilian. And I think that's the way it should be because the head of the military is our president, the commander-in-chief. And if you're on active duty or or if it's wartime, that's no time or place to be saying things about our government and you know what scares me about Tlaib is being in the House of Representatives she's entitled to many documents and I'm very fearful of how many of those documents which are classified she's given that information to our enemies and again I don't know I don't know the law on that if she has, and we're certainly not at war yet, but what's your feeling on that?
0: Well, um, you know, of course, I had a top secret SCI clearance and dealt with uh, uh, highly classified information and actually uh, developed a lot of. Uh, SCI uh, intelligence for uh, our army, <clears throat> for our national command authority but um, there's a long history of politicians um, doing that very thing some some politicians would take classified documents and leave them in their Corvette, in their garage or in their various summer houses or give them to their uh, drug addicts Uh, son Uh, there are uh, you know I remember back during the uh, Reagan administration uh, our very own uh, Kennedy used to go and take uh, uh, drive up into Canada so he could fly uh, without scrutiny from Canada to the Soviet Union and meet Uh, surreptitiously with the uh, Soviet government and assure them that uh, we weren't going to let he wasn't going to let Ronald Reagan do anything uh, without you know first he'd tip him off and you know there was never any suggestion that Ted Kennedy uh, face uh, court martial or or, I'm sorry treason charges but uh, I would say that was, uh, pretty close, um, but even, even Julius and Ethel Rosenberg, who happily handed over the, uh, secrets for the atomic bomb to the, uh, Soviet Union, they weren't charged with treason, they were charged with espionage, so, um, <clears throat> yeah, there's a long history, especially the, uh, Democrat Party, uh, doing everything they can to, um, uh, screw up the United States, and uh, so it's a, it's a, it's a very you know predictable thing. I don't know what to say about it other than that um, they've shown a, a, a pattern <coughs> of of that very thing, and uh, then when you have a, a commander in chief who's been on the payroll of our nation's worst enemies, and uh, somehow. Elected that his policies would enrich uh, Iran to the tune of over a hundred million dollars. I'm sorry, a hundred billion dollars on his watch. Um, when we were intercepting communications from Tehran, where they were saying we're too broke to do any uh, terrorism in the world, um, Joe Biden came to the rescue. Uh, giving them uh, as much money as he could find a way to do I have no doubt in my mind that somehow uh, some of that money filtered back to Delaware uh, into one of the Biden family accounts for which the big guy would take half.
1: You know, beyond the money and beyond everything else, I think one of the worst things that I ever, I, I've ever heard is that we, we both know that recruiting is way down for all branches of the military. But what Biden and his group of merry men did the other day is beyond the pale, and that was putting pictures of our agents, our civilian agents, whether they're in the CIA or whatever branch they're in, uh, trying to do their job and they have had their pictures published now for all of their for all of our enemies to know exactly who our secret agents are that do some of the work that nobody else in their right mind would do, and that's spying on spies and spying on other countries and and, uh, working in classified and top-secret level positions. And our government put their pictures... for the public to see and I just thought they ought to send Biden in on one of those
0: well I will say this about that people who are willing to do those very very dangerous things in very very dangerous places uh, for our country are not just individuals they're not just like a sergeant or a lieutenant in our army or marine corps these people are by themselves as persons strategic assets of the United States and uh, it brings to mind that back when uh, Jimmy Carter was trying to lose the election with both hands by placating our enemies and making a laughing stock throughout the world He thought he could appear somewhat hawkish by revealing the fact that we had been working on a stealth bomber, which had been highly classified to that point, but he decided for his own political purposes to declassify it and just release it. Um, Shameful, um, disgraceful, and uh, dangerous to our republic. Uh, similar to using uh, 50% of our strategic petroleum reserves to uh, bring down the price of uh, gas when uh, Americans uh, think that your energy policies are destroying the fabric of our nation.
1: And i Today, well, it's been for months now. Not just today, but for months. And I know you can correct me on this point, or or uh, maybe clear, maybe make it clear. But our government, our founding fathers. Developed our Constitution and our government based on checks and balances. And for the life of me today, I can't find those checks and balances when they're so vitally needed. And I realize we still have the three branches of government, but it seems like with the <laughs> Almost the exception of Congress, the other two branches are the tail wagging the dog. And there, there doesn't seem to be the checks and balances that were intended. Am I totally off base?
0: I, I think your checks and balances still exist. Uh, and, uh, I know that the Supreme Court, uh, the judiciary, have made decisions that have thoroughly flummoxed uh, the executive, uh, especially in their uh, desire for the whole slaughter of uh, the pre-born in America. But, <clears throat> uh, but, you know, we have a, a thoroughly an entirely corrupt Attorney General in Merrick Garland and I just want to point out to the listeners that this guy as partisan and dishonest as he is nearly became a Supreme Court Justice and <clears throat> it's very very dangerous now what's going on in the House with uh, no, no Speaker of the House um, I, it's not panicking me uh, you know, no, no bill can become a law until it's presented to the president for uh, signature. And no bill can be presented unless it's been passed by a majority of both houses, uh, both the, the Senate and the House of Representatives. And therefore, no business can be conducted, really, no bills can move through the House of Representatives, without a speaker of the house and so effectively what we've got is a situation where no bills will become law until they can uh, fix on a speaker of the house and um, you know uh, everybody's going to have to get together put their big forward pants on the uh, the extreme uh, left wing of the uh Democrat Party and, uh, is completely uh, flummoxing the, uh, the um, progressive, liberal Jews in the United States who felt like they've been betrayed by this progressive wing because they're coming out with all sorts of uh, issues uh, and stances against Israel. And, um, you know, what can you say? Uh being pro is being pro Israel. Uh, I, I don't mean to conflate the two nations. I understand, but <clears throat> but the ideals of the Israeli state are similar to our They're their, our greatest ally in the area, in a very very dangerous area. And I want people to consider this: <clears throat> before the cut and run policy in Afghanistan. The United States basically had Iran hemmed in, because directly to the east of Iran is Afghanistan, and directly to the west of Iran is Iraq, and so we had troops on either side, and uh, for whatever it's worth, we've lost that strategic um, advantage that we had, uh, that and the uh, enriching of Afghan of uh, of Iran with oil money—it uh, just <clears throat> has really opened the floodgates of state-sponsored terrorism in the, in the world, and it, it's really shameful. And to my point of view, th- the only reason that could be uh, mildly considered as a legitimate explanation is that uh, Biden and his family are enriching themselves at the expense of the United States something for which we sent Julius and uh, Ethel Rosenberg to the electric chair for just my opinion however
1: well if you take your thoughts and you and you Obviously, have and developed your opinion. In your experience, both in and out of the military, and we're approximately the same age, I'm a little older than you are, I think, but the point being is, did you ever think you'd see the United States and the mess that we're in internationally and nationally, and with, in my opinion, no easy way out. Until, like you said, we start electing adults to Congress.
0: Right. Um, Well... I you know as, as to the difference of our ages I think it's roughly a decade. Um uh, and as to uh did I think I'd ever see the United States in this sort of position? I was very distraught over the position we were in uh when I graduated from high school in 1977. Um uh, because uh, I didn't think Jimmy Carter could get us in a worse position uh, uh, in terms of military and uh, and uh, diplomatic relations <clears throat> that said I would encourage people to know that the Carter experience the, the trauma that he caused to the United States uh was followed by a burst of rational thinking uh, when we elected Ronald Reagan to two terms uh, in electoral landslide and uh, so you know I'm looking on the horizon we need we need somebody to come through and and make something of this uh, situation and you know We all, we're always forgetting that, you know, uh, if, if you show weakness, you're going to get trouble. And, uh, and yet there are those who want to uh, beat their swords into plowshares. And I heard it once said uh, that history proves that those who have beaten their swords into plowshares eventually wind up plowing for those who kept their swords.
1: Hmm there's a a lot to be said in those words a lot to be said
0: well, well the concept the concept of beating your swords into plowshares comes from uh the bible but it's talking about when the prince of peace returns uh to set up his kingdom and he says they'll neither neither will they learn war anymore um but if you also read the rest of Scripture, the reason it says that the nations beat their swords into plowshares is previously they had beaten their plowshares into swords and uh, and gathered for great battle. So, and the Lord Jesus Himself said uh, that you will have wars and rumors of wars until He comes back. But so <clears throat> so let's not be surprised by this. It's, is simply
1: fulfilling uh, His prophetic message. And we certainly have that going on in uh, multiples at this moment. Uh, Everybody, or I say everybody, there are, I haven't seen a time even during Jimmy Carter's stay in the White House, and the uh, capture of our em- embassy, and Carter's mishandling of almost everything, and the only one that seems to have outdone him now is Biden, uh, He hadn't made a right move since he's been in office and he as many of his peers have pointed out he never made a right move as long as he he was in the Senate he's never made the right decision on international policy or anything else and yet I don't even think that biden is making any of the decisions i think it's some of his people in the background that think they know what they're doing and are the ones that are writing his script be it on his cheating notes that he has with him all the time are on the teleprompters and um, i don't i'm not sure biden's capable at this point of making any kind of decision, good or bad, and uh, I think he's being held up by drugs, and um, that's all we're getting. I guess maybe he and Hunter have a deal on drugs or something. I don't know, but um, I've never seen us. I've never seen our country in this kind of situation, and I only pray that we will get leadership. And that leadership can right the, right the wrong and right the, the ship and get us and sail us through this. Um, but it's going to be interesting. It's. Uh, I think we're letting Iran make too many decisions, and I'm not sure that. Uh, I don't know, you know, I'm not a politician and I don't know what else we can do as far as Israel is concerned. But we should... If we had long our strong leadership, I think that would make a whole lot of difference. I understand that China has moved one of their battle groups into... The area along with where we are. Have, have you? Heard?
0: Um, yeah. Well, you know, once once we get deeply entangled enough, in uh, in what we've got going on in, in the Middle East, you can expect the uh, that uh, China will make their move on Taiwan, and um, and you know it's it's really so predictable i think they wanted to wait until 2025 but i think they realized what the, of course the only person in the world who doesn't realize this yet is joe biden he's not going to be reelected. um so <clears throat> there are um i think they realize they better uh um, Make their move before we can come up with a um, a Ronald Reagan to follow up this current Jimmy Carter. You know, in other words, you strike while the iron is
1: hot. Right. So
0: it's really not going to get any hotter than that for them.
1: You no, know, Phil, I I totally agree with you, with the exception that. I am so cynical about our electorate electorate, that uh, whether our citizens will have enough sense to vote Biden out of office. Um, I couldn't believe they voted him in and I haven't seen real signs of an uprising with our own electric what am i trying to say i can't get the word out um uh, electorate electorate
0: electorate electorate
1: no not electronic our our voters um,
0: electorate
1: right and the i electorate. Have, i haven't seen signs of them in great numbers turning against biden even when they go to the gas pump and that worries me. It concerns me when they go to the grocery store. And who do they think is responsible if it isn't Biden? And the best way to change it back is to get rid of Biden.
0: This would be my suggestion to people who are unhappy about what I said that, you know, our military do not have freedom of speech. Um, if you don't want our troops to uh, have this uh, restriction or, <clears throat> or have to keep quiet in the face of, uh, of egregious failure then uh, what they can do uh, short of changing uh, the uniform code of military justice which I'm not recommending or suggesting what they can do to stop elect electing contemptuous officials to the office of president or or any high office for that matter
1: i uh and obviously it's not an elected elected position but The disappointment that I listened to Lloyd Austin the other day, our Secretary of Defense, and, you know, I can't name one position in the administration that has anybody that's qualified to be in that position and that can do the job or do it correctly. They're just not there. And uh, with that being said, we're going to take a couple of, we're going to take a break and uh, be back on Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm in just a few minutes, right after this. What will Victor say next? Find out every Tuesday at 1 p.m. on the On Point with Victor show,
0: only on America's Web Radio. What do doctors talk about in doctors' lounges around the country? Find out on the Doctors' Lounge Show, every Thursday at 8 a.m., on America's Web Radio. Attention veterans with PTSD. If you can't sleep at night, listen to A Veteran's Place, hosted by Dr. Don Moeller, at 10 a.m., every Thursday, for your answer to sleeping, here on the Veterans Station, owned by a vet, with shows just for vets. AmericasWebRadio.com
1: If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio, live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. And we're glad to have you listening today and want to invite you, and we do appreciate, we know it's happening, and that is that we're becoming very well known with veterans veterans that are tuning in to our shows like remembering desert shield and desert storm and a veteran's place with Dr. Don Mulder that has an answer for those that have PTSD and can't sleep at night and these are very very important shows and I want to remind everyone that if you see a veteran in the airport or wherever you might be traveling or wherever you are If it's in a position where you can buy them a cup of coffee or a meal or whatever, go up to that veteran, thank him or her for their service, and uh, mention the fact that you listen to America's Web Radio and all the veteran programs. But buy them a dinner, a cup of coffee, a drink, whatever the case might be, and tell them how much you appreciate them serving because... The truth of the matter is, the veterans have been, and they still are, the backbone of our country, and they have given you and me safety that I'm, I hope we're not losing because of lack of leadership. So with that being said, we're back with Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm and uh, retired Lieutenant Colonel Philip Forsberg. And if you haven't used that pen and paper yet, I guarantee you will. So, Phil, it's all yours.
0: Well, what can I say? Um, you know, there... Uh, the, these folks in the Middle East, i just you know to relate it to our time in Desert Storm, they... Um, you know they they want to perpetuate this uh, idea that it you know would be impossible to uh, to fight them because they're so uh, entrenched and it's such a, a different environment uh, than our troops are uh, acclimated to. But trust me, our our troops, uh, if they haven't been completely emasculated by this Department of Defense, our, our troops can. Can't get through and get the job done. But we're going to need some people uh, in leadership positions who uh, are not slavishly tied to this uh, woke agenda, uh, telling people they need to uh, learn everybody's various pronouns and perversions and, uh, uh, yeah, have them, uh, you know, it, it's to the point where you have. Um, they're recruiting people who intentionally want their genitals mutilated. I mean, uh, because now the Department of Defense will pay for that. And so, and, and unbelievable as it may sound, if you if you are of this ilk and you go in and you are trans, um, you can join a service and... They will regard you as completely non deployable. So, what you're you're doing, you're recruiting from the very beginning people who will never serve uh, as as we are paying them for. Hmm. And, uh, you know, my personal opinion, we've already uh, made up for the. Uh, law, lack of intestinal fortitude, we'll call it, of the average male today by filling the ranks of, uh, our Department of Defense in uniform with, uh, with women. And the percentages that we have are just dangerous right now. Uh, what we need is strong and tenacious men, young men, and that's the only thing that uh, going to do when Bush comes to shove. And if anybody's offended by that, well, there's lots of things that offend me every day.
1: You know, this, this is something that You and I, we grew up in a whole different world in society. And just like you said, if that offends, then grow up. Be offended. And whenever somebody quotes me the fact that less than 1% of our country ever serves, and ever serves the greatest country in the world it makes me sick. And these people that get out of it, and, and you know, and it's... I can't believe the people that we have in the administration that are in positions, not only in the administration, but also in Congress, that have never worn the boots of a combat veteran and don't know what it's like to go through basic training they don't have a clue of anything in the field how in the hell can they make decisions when they haven't been there and haven't done that that's just beyond me and to think they can get that out of a book is beyond again beyond me and there are great books written about great wars and certainly a, a great general can learn but that general has also ex- had the experience of being there and learning that and knowing how to apply it and we we have nobody, in my opinion, in the administration that should be in a position of applying anything except perfume to their whatever. No use, them. Um,
0: I will point out something that's also troubling. Uh, I went to the, uh, I went to a little fair, uh, at Kennesaw State University for the students there, and, uh, There was a a fellow that was offering to get me student loans uh, so I could study at Kennesaw State. And so just to see what he would say, I told him, well, I'm not eligible for any student loans because I failed to register for the the Selective Service. And he immediately responded with, oh, they fixed all that. I can show you how to get around that. (laughs) So, um, Pretty sure that was uh, on the Joe Biden watch, uh, and I had—I never really traced that down. But he seemed to be speaking authoritatively. And uh, just for your listeners, um, I never registered for like for Selective Service. Had I been one month younger than I am, uh, I would have had to register for this most recent amount. But um, I was not required to register for Select service but I did serve 29 years in the United States Army Hmm.
1: Uh,
0: so yeah they found a way uh, to abrogate the prohibitions and and so what we've done is to um, uh, basically you don't have to go to Canada to be a draft dodger
1: stay right here in the United States and you can dodge your obligation
0: as far as I can I know they'll make you secretary of the army
1: yeah you know and we wonder why we have problems actually I don't wonder why we have problems and uh, you know it's very interesting and you're the historian not me But our problems seem to always come back to and relate to Democrats. And I don't know what's wrong with Democrats. I guess they just don't like the idea of being in the military and or having to carry a weapon and, oh my God, having to shoot somebody.
0: Well, um, I think that the... Uh, philosophy of the Democrat Party has been, since before the Civil War, that the ends justify the means. And, uh, I think the slogan of the Democrat Party was best summed up by Phineas T. Barnum when he said, there's a sucker born every minute. Mm-hmm. And by that he meant, <clears throat> he would never go broke. Because as people get wiser, there's a fool behind them to replace them.
1: How true it is. How true it is. And,
0: uh, and so I'm taking a history class at Kennesaw State, and uh, we are talking about the, um, the Vietnam War and the unpopularity of draft and the... Uh, Ratification of the 26th Amendment to the United States Constitution, which lowered the voting age from uh, 21 to 18. And uh, the professor made the point that, well, that's because if a young man could uh, be drafted and go set to war, he should be allowed to vote for the president. To which I responded, well, then why do we let women vote? And there was no good answer. You see, young women are not only are they not, not required to register, they're forbidden from registering for selective service. And a young man, <clears throat> even if he has his junk cut off or identifies with various pronouns, whatever, is still required to register for selective service. So, um, so much for your equality.
1: I, uh it's hard to know what to say these days about anything. I never, I never anticipated it, and when I was on active duty, if there was a transgender or whatever, they, they didn't even call them that. We had <laughs> very direct names, but that person didn't want to be in in the company, or in the platoon, none of the platoons that I was in anyway. And if he was the hack that caused your platoon to have problems, he was dealt with. And with that being said, Phil, we're going to have to wind it up, and thank you for today, and thank you as always for lending your opinion and it's so vital to us and uh, we will see you next week
0: all right thank you david thank you bye
1: the views opinions and content of the show
0: hosts and their guests appearing on america's web radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station you're listening to america's web radio on the americas broadcast Network.com. thank you for listening.